Welcome to the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and with me is Adam P. from the 49er Outsiders. We have some big news to talk about today. The entire world has been devoted to this big news, and the entire show be devoted to this big news, and that is according to my sources and plenty of others out there, the San Francisco 49ers should be or involved in, will be, acquiring Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford in the next week, maybe the weekend if everything goes as planned. Of course, these things can change as soon as they become real. This is the NFL. This isn't a guarantee. This is what we're hearing right now, that this news should be coming in the next few days, maybe a week or so. But Vincent Frank, who covers the 49ers for Forbes, he also tweeted the number 12 overall pick is not involved in any trade and said the 49ers offered two second-round picks, two third-round picks from what I know. And alongside me is Adam P. from the 49er Outsiders that this is not true. And we'll discuss this today with our amazing guest, our guest who is joining us today to talk about Matthew Stafford heading to San Francisco, possibly heading to San Francisco. He is a Detroit Lions beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. He's a pro football Hall of Fame voter and a three-time Michigan Sports Writer of the Year Award winner. It's the amazing Dave Burkett. David, Matthew Stafford has been all of the rave for Niner fans, I want to say over the past maybe month or so since the season ended, and, you know, Niner fans haven't been happy with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they see Matthew Stafford as a definitive upgrade, Um, but today and over the past week, there's been a lot of rumblings of, is he going to San Francisco, is Indianapolis a team for him? Uh, Let's start at the beginning for Matthew Stafford. Uh, You'll know much more about Detroit than we'll know, obviously, here in the Bay Area, but what exactly went wrong in Detroit between Stafford and the Lions? Like, was it simply a regime change that kind of caused the friction of, I don't want to play with take their kneecaps, Dan Campbell? Or was it, you know, just, I'm tired of being on a losing franchise for a decade and I want to win towards the end of my career? Yeah, I think it was more the latter. I don't, I don't think it had anything really to do with Dan Campbell. And you guys can appreciate this just watching from afar, right? Kelvin Johnson... Barry Sanders. I think Matthew Stafford is just next in line where the organization sort of beat him down. You know, he just wasn't ready to retire like Kelvin did and like Barry did. It was just, you know, 12 years in, um, he's only made the playoffs three times. He did not want to go through another rebuild where he's at in his career. He turns 33 uh, next week. Um, you know, he wants to win. And and I think that the, the quickest way for him to do that the best way for him to accomplish that is to go to a team that has a little more around uh, the quarterback position than he's used to in Detroit. So, you know, 12 years, he's had 1,000 yard rusher in Detroit. He obviously played with Calvin, but he, but he had one, you know, really good defense. And outside of that, he hadn't been surrounded by a lot. And that's not to say, you know, he, he certainly deserves blame for this organization, not, you know, achieving more. He's part of that. He's the quarterback, but, um, ultimately, you can't do it by yourself. And I think if he goes to the right situation, you know, he, he should be able to have some more success. All right. I like that. I mean, to, to be completely honest, as soon as you said that, I was thinking about your weapons. I mean, you do have Swift, on Johnson, TJ Hawkinson, Marvin Jones. I know Galladay. I mean, uh, Galladay, right? Kenny Galladay, yeah. Oh, okay. So I know he's going to be a free agent, but I'm, I'm assuming, I, w- I would like to think that he could be brought back. So he's had, had some weapons. Uh, with that being said, um, A, 
where do you think he's going to end up landing? And then B, what do you think is the best fit for him? Well, I, I think the 49ers is a good organization, would be a good organization for him. I think that would be a good fit, fit with, uh, with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I'd like to see what Matthew could do with, uh, you know, that running game behind him and that defense. I mean, look, you know, as I sort of look across the, the league, I think there's a, a bunch of, of viable landing spots. But to me, you know, three of the most likely, I guess, I'd, I'd throw Indianapolis up there. I'd put the 49ers up there, assuming they're willing to move on from, from Jimmy G. And I'd, I'd put Washington up there, too. I, I think, you know, ultimately the Lions are probably looking for a first round pick in return and then some. And so, you know, it depends, uh, you know, what what first round pick, what, you know, what team is offering that pick. And the 49ers have the most attractive of, of those three picks, obviously, if they're willing to give that up. Um you know, Stafford, look, for people who haven't watched him a lot, you know, this is not a case. I've said this before. This is not a case of a Drew Brees or a Phillip Rivers where the arm is shot and he can't get it done anymore. He's still a very talented quarterback. He's been hurt a lot the last couple of years, but he only missed the, the couple of games at the end of the, the 2019 season. So he can still get it done on the field. It's just, um, you know, to your point, he, he's had some talent around him, but I think that the pieces have never been there at the same time where he's had that. Look, here's here's a stat that 49ers fans m might not know. The Lions have not ranked in the top half of the NFL in rushing since Barry Sanders last season in Detroit. That's how bad their running games have been in Detroit. And so um, I just think Stafford has been asked to do a little too much on offense over the course of his career. We mentioned if a team would be willing to give up a first round pick, if it's Washington, Martin Mayhew's obviously there now. He was the GM when they drafted him in Detroit. Um, and you know, don't even have to rank the teams, whether it's San Francisco or Indianapolis, but uh, some news came out this morning uh, about exactly what would be involved in a trade for San Francisco with Detroit for Matthew Stafford and Vincent Frank, who he covers the Niners for Forbes magazine uh, and he said that the, the Niners and Lions had talked through the night. And, and I've heard the same thing from multiple people. Now, again, a lot of it can be he said, she said in regards to a lot of this stuff. We know the Senior Bowl is this week and been a lot of talk about what's going on down there. And I'm sure some of it's valid and some of it's just this is what I heard. I have no idea what it actually means. Um, but what did you make of the reports that there seems to be this strong connection between San Francisco and Detroit in regards to Stafford and Ultimately, at the end of the day, like, do you think San Francisco has the strongest chance of acquiring Stafford, knowing there might be these strong talks? Um, I'd love to tell you I knew exactly where the talks are at. I don't, uh, so I, I don't. I don't have any, you know, great insight in terms of you know something's going to get done, you know, tomorrow morning, and you know what team it's going to be. But you know, look, you know, the Lions put him on the market, I guess, a week ago now, essentially. And they've certainly had some interest. You know, I think the report was out there a third of the league. And, you know, I, I've I've heard that to be, um, you know, mostly accurate. I, I think there's a lot of teams that the Lions have been in contact with. Um, I don't know if all those teams are serious suitors, but I would imagine the 49ers are a serious suitor, just given where the, uh, you know, where the organization is, how close to Super Bowl contention it is, you know, being in the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the 49ers are, are a legitimate contender, not knowing exactly where things stand. You know, I did see the report and I, I don't remember who whose it was that said two twos and two threes. I don't know if that was the Vincent one that you uh, referenced. Look, if I'm the Lions, I think I need a first round pick. I just at the end of the day, I mean, the Lions are in a, a, a state of complete rebuild. I mean, they need eight new starters on defense, probably. 
uh, you mentioned Adam, you mentioned the, the, the receivers, Marvin Jones is a free agent. Kenny Galladay is a free agent. Maybe he comes back, you know, Danny Amendola, their top three guys are free agents. They just, they, there's a lot that they need right now. So I think I would value that first round pick and maybe you get a little sweetener, you know, somewhere else in the draft or something else next year to get that done. And especially if it's the 49ers uh, with a relatively high pick, um, I think the, the value of getting a player, you know, at that stage of the draft, uh, you know, that, that's, that's more important to me than getting quantity in, on day two. When it comes to the picks that Detroit would want, you mentioned, you know, they probably want a first rounder. Uh, there are also reports, you know, Frank's as well, saying that, again, the two the two seconds or the, the two second rounders, two third rounders, um, you mentioned that they wouldn't take or they shouldn't take anything less than the first, knowing what this team is looking at in the future with a new regime in Detroit. Um, I've also heard maybe a 2022 first rounder and a third rounder this year from San Francisco. Uh, if that's the case, obviously speculation here. Uh, do you think that might be more kind of in the wheelhouse as to what Dan Campbell uh, and and Holmes want to do in Detroit when they kind of have to go through a quasi-rebuild and kind of retool this thing and with so many free agents, so many weapons probably maybe going elsewhere, um, especially with COVID you know, kind of hurting their cap space somewhat, uh, do you think that might be a deal a first in 2022 and a, first, or in a third in 2021 might make more sense? I don't. Um, you know, let me let's backtrack a little bit here. I I don't think, you know, I don't know that teams are tripping over themselves to acquire Stafford. I mean, he's a really good player, but, you know, it's not Deshaun Watson, you know, and, um, you know, so I, but I do think the Lions will have suitors, right? I I think there's enough teams that are close enough or see themselves as being sort of a quarterback away that, you know, this is, I don't know exactly, you know, if it's a bidding war, but I think there's enough teams out there that um, have strong enough interest that the Lions should be able to get, uh, you know, what they want to to really jumpstart this rebuild. And, and to me, and I think for the Lions, I think that's a first-round pick this year. And you look at sort of the, you know, the price. I mean, you guys saw it firsthand last year a, a little bit, right, when the Colts gave up, I think it was, what, 13 for DeForest Buckner? Really good player, DeForest Buckner. Uh, but, you know, he's a defensive lineman and Stafford's a quarterback. And so I, I don't think it's uh, too much to ask to – to get a first round pick in that same general vicinity and then get something else this year. And, um, you know, whether it's San Francisco or Indy or Washington or whatever the case is, um, I'm not saying those aren't, wouldn't be good offers, you know, for if, if it didn't include a first round pick this year, but I think the value that I would place on it, the value that I believe the lions would place on it. I think having that first round pick this year, Lions only have five picks this year. I think there's there's a lot to be said for starting that rebuild right now. Good stuff. I, I totally agree with you. And this is what kind of comes to mind. I know he doesn't have a no trade clause, but I guess that could be something behind the scenes where if he's like, you know, New England is giving up the first round pick. Wait, I don't want to go to New England, even though I do think that would be a great fit um, as well, aside from Indy and obviously the 49ers. Here's the thing I was talking about with Sterling off there. And this might be a case of, uh, you know, 49ers, you know, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, maybe trying to have their cake and eat it too. And, you know, as much as everyone would probably like this thing to get done the next couple of days, part of me is kind of prepared to kind of wait until drafting to, to kind of let it juice it up even further. Because here's where my mind was at when I was talking to Sterling. Number 12 overall, I think that is slightly rich. And please don't hate me for that. I mean, I could just be literally nitpicking a hair. And, and all I was thinking is like, what if the 49ers are like, we're not willing to give you number 12. 
But I think we can pull off something on draft day where we can trade back, get a little, you know, say trade back to 20, for example, just throwing that out there. Then we'd be more than happy to give you that or not squeeze out an extra pick or two, maybe in the mid rounds. Then essentially everyone's kind of happy. But I do think about the factor as well. Uh, I guess it's not the greatest question. Do you think, I guess this is, this is my point blank question. Do you think this could drag out to draft day where, where maybe we would have to wait where four nighters maybe do make a trade back maneuver where, you know, like I said, something along the range of like, say, 20 to be 18th, 19th for all I care, where uh, they think 12 is too steep, but essentially we're willing to trade back and give you that first instead. Well, let me say first, you know, I, I understand why you may think 12 is too steep. And, you know, I, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I think it's taster's choice out there, right? Like it might be for some people just based on the injury history because he did have broken bones in his back in 2018 and 19, you know, and, and he is about to be 33 years old and, and there is some, you know, he's got two years left on his deal. So at some point you're going to have to give him a new contract. You know, if you see this as somebody that you're going to, you know, build around for more than, than two years. Um, so I, I understand that, that standpoint, but, and, and that's why I don't think this is, you know, we're not talking Deshaun Watson three first round pick type deal here, but to answer your question, no, I, I think the lions will get this done here in the coming days, if not, you know, weeks, um, or weeks, if not days, I guess I should say. But, you know, I, I think it's sooner rather than later. And from the Lions standpoint, there is that $10 million bonus that's due the fifth day of the 2021 league year. So there's an impetus for them to get this done before uh, they have to cough up the $10 million. And then I think for um, you know, everyone's sake, you know, I, I just think the whatever acquiring team there is out there probably wants to know that for their budget purposes, for their planning purposes for the, the the new league year and how they go about building the roster, what money they have to spend. And for the Lions standpoint too, I think they'd like to get it done sooner rather than later for those purposes. That's all I was going to ask you about the bonus. I do remember hearing that. So, so he's definitely getting traded by then because obviously they don't want, they, they don't want to cough up that 10 million and then trade them. So. Yeah. That's part of it. Five It's $10 million due the fifth day of the league year, but you're right. He does not have a no trade clause. So it's not like he can totally dictate where he goes, but I think the Lions respect him enough and he's done enough for the organization that, you know, they're probably not going to send him to the Jets. You know what I mean? Or, or they're probably not going to send him to some some terrible situation if they have other comparable offers. I want to know how Lions fans feel about this because you know they've had to go through the Barry Sanders early retirement and the Calvin Johnson situation of how that kind of didn't end well in Detroit uh, for Johnson. He's been very vocal about his time there for you know, and I'm sure there's two sides of that story, but I'm sure one side is a little more true than the other one, and fans will pick a side if they like Johnson enough or they like the front office enough, and I think we've seen that fans will usually choose the player over the front office when it comes to Detroit sometimes. Um, but I want to know, what do Lions fans think of Matthew Stafford being traded? Like, what what is their perspective in all of this, and how do they view him possibly going to another team like San Francisco and instantly putting them probably in the top three odds of a Super Bowl? You know, Stafford was – there were a lot of people that love Stafford here, and, and frankly, he's the best quarterback most Lions fans have, have you know, rooted for in their lifetime. I mean, he's, he's the best Lions quarterback since Bobby Lane, right? They've had one other quarterback make a Pro Bowl since Bobby Lane in the 50s beyond Stafford. So that, that just tells you the state of the quarterback position that the Lions have had. And Stafford is really talented, but he hasn't won, and so there's a lot of fans that were ready to see him go. But I think I think everyone realizes that – even if you want Stafford to go, you realize he's a good quarterback. 
uh, and you realize that moving on from him is more about where the organization is than, than, you know, about where Stafford is. And so there's a lot of Lions fans out there that are rooting for him to go to a good spot. And I think part of it is, is wanting the best for Matthew guy who's done, you know, a lot in the community. And the other part is maybe they want some real answers as to whether it's the organization's fault. Matthew didn't have more success or whether Matthew was sort of, you know, a bigger part of that than maybe some people are, or a bigger part to blame than, than some people are, are putting on him. So, um, but no, I, I think most people are, um, they've come to realize that, you know what, this is the best thing. If the Lions are going to rebuild and do it the right way, it's time to get rid of Stafford and Hey, let's, let's let him go somewhere where maybe he can have success and, and put the the stamp on his career that people, you know, hope that he can, can have at some point. I mean, and you guys are in the prime slot, but looking at some mock drafts and stuff, it looks like you're in a position where maybe you guys get the ammo from, obviously, and that's another kind of thing I just thought about once again as well. Might obviously be able to get, a, I don't know if Justin Fields might uh, slide to you guys, for example, obviously, but you guys are in a position to to draft a quarterback possibly of the future. I do really like Justin Fields. Zach Wilson seems like he's probably going to be the second quarterback taken. Then obviously there's Trey Lance, the fourth one. Um once again, kind of like I brought up earlier, I wonder what Stafford really thinks. And and obviously, he, even though he doesn't have no trade clause, he does have a little leverage where you can say F you. Because what I just thought about is, let's just say that the compensation between the Colts and 49ers are the same. The Colts are in the AFC, at least. I mean, how bitter sweet would be for Lions fans if Stafford is, is raising the NFC Championship trophy for the 49ers? I don't think we the 49ers Lions play each other this year. Yeah, I don't think so in 2020. But no, you're right that, you know, I, look, again, from the Lions standpoint, right, I think the ultimate, you know, the, the best case scenario would be to send him to the AFC because yeah. that way you don't have to see him. You don't have to live that. From Stafford's standpoint, it's probably go better to go to the NFC because that way you don't have to go through the Patrick Mahomes gauntlet. And, you know, so ultimately, though, I think if those situations are, are close enough, you know, um, that maybe maybe Stafford gets brought in on that. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But um, you know, I think the Lions, you know, they, they want the best move for them too. And you know, maybe they have everyone's best offer right now, or maybe they're waiting for one team to to come out and, and jump out and, and give them a little, you know, something more. And then when they do that, that offer automatically becomes the best one. So um, I don't know that. Uh, like I said, I, I think we'll have a resolution here in relative short order. I don't know if that's days or weeks or hours or what, but. Um, I do think Matthew Stafford will end up at a contender, and I do think the 49ers are a poss- possibility. Dan Cilio in Detroit or Michigan area, I don't know him very well, obviously, from the Bay Area. You'll probably know a lot more about him than I would. Um, he released five teams that he said that were Stafford's preferred destinations, and he listed Carolina, Chicago, New York, and the Colts, and then number one was San Francisco, uh, one, what did you make of that list of the Niners being number one? And two, do you believe that Stafford has given the Lions his top five teams? And is that an accurate list in your eyes that Stafford has given? Um, I, I don't have any idea uh, what his list would be. If I was speculating on Matthew Stafford, he has a home in the L.A. area, you know, Newport Beach, I think it is. So I'm sure, you know, California, the Rams, I'm sure that would be up there. You know, he's from Dallas originally, like. I'm sure there'd be something about going home and playing for his hometown team. You know, I, I would guess that those would be two of the ones that would be highest on his list, truthfully. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Um, and, you know, both of those obviously are teams that in theory could be competitive too. So uh, for Stafford, I think ultimately part of this is about his legacy. And so I don't know that it's an area or a city or whatever it is. I think it's maybe about an opportunity to go win. And so 
Um, I don't know where San Francisco would rank on that list, but I think it's easy to see from afar, at least you look at what the 49ers have coming back next year. You look at the opportunity to play with Kyle Shanahan, play for Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, I, I think it would be an attractive situation for him or any quarterback. Yeah. And uh, we did hear the rumblings about the Rams possibly getting involved too. And everyone's like, Oh, no way in hell, you know, Jerry Goff's contract. And actually before I jump into that, I wonder if Stafford wants to continue playing in a dome. Cause I just thought about it. Y'all playing in a dome. Indy does too. I don't think you would have an issue playing outdoors, but maybe something to kind of think about for whatever reason, getting it old, a little older, even though his arm is uh, more than strong enough as, as we all know to play even in the San Francisco wins. But as far as the Rams go, I looked it up. The, the, the Rams could, the key part is could trade Jerry Goff. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, who the hell is going to trade for him? You never know what the hell desperate situation he might be willing to get traded and restructure. But, uh, the Rams could trade him pre-June 1st and, and create like $12.75 million in cap space, if I'm not mistaken. And then post-June 1st is $28.15 million, um, in cap space. So, I mean, part of me just kind of thinks, you know, like I'm sure he is kind of intrigued to go there. Um, do you think somehow he would he would possibly rather go? I mean, the Rams did go to the division around. Me and Sterling were talking about it, and we're in until the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Do you think, uh, do you think the Rams, I guess, are a sneaky play as well? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the Lions' new general manager, Brad Holmes, uh, is from L.A., is from the Rams, so there's lots of ties there. But I just don't think the Rams have the draft capital. You know, they don't have a first-round pick this year. And yeah. it goes to, you know, the point that you asked earlier about, you know, what about a second or a first-round pick in 2022 and, you know, some other picks this year. Again, I don't know that you, you turn those offers down outright, but just from where I sit, I think the Lions need more this year than they do next year, you know, rather than waiting because I think they need to get this rebuild started. So, yeah, now I, I, you know, look, from the Lions standpoint too, you know, you mentioned the golf thing, like, because people have asked me about that. What about, what if we get golf back? What if we get, you know, Jimmy G back? What, you know, in some of these trades, the Lions need a rookie. They need to draft the quarterback, you know, at, at number seven because that's, you know, they're not close to contending right now. And so they need a quarterback that's going to help them in 2027 more than they need a quarterback that's going to help them in 2021. And the way to get that guy is to find him in the draft. When you look at the Niners situation in quarterbacks, obviously if Stafford is acquired, there's been talks of him being released just due to the cap hit and then being able to free up the necessary cap space to re-sign big-name free agents like Trent Williams, like Jason Verrett. I want to get an outsider's perspective because the fan base here is very divided as to who Jimmy Garoppolo is and what he can do for a franchise. And, you know, from someone who I'm sure we all watched the 2019 season, you obviously in Detroit and us here, like it was a magical year and we obviously were nine and a half minutes away. I want to know, following the 2020 season, a year full of injuries for San Francisco, including a lot of high ankle sprains for Jimmy Garoppolo, what exactly does a city like Detroit or, or even an outsider that's not you know, a fan of San Francisco, how do they view Jimmy Garoppolo and his value to a team? Like, is there really a market for him out there? Yeah. I mean, I, I see Jimmy Garoppolo as, you know, an above average quarterback, but more serviceable than a guy that's really going to lead you to a title. I mean, I, you know, look, it sounds bad, right. But you know, when you're a starter in the NFL, you're a good player. So I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize him in any way like, like that. I just think, you know, when you sort of assess the quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Patrick Mahomes is way up, way up here, right? And then you got a few others that are sort of in that next tier, you know, Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson and some of those guys. And then I think Stafford's sort of in that next tier um, where he's a guy that, you know, he, he can do some special things with the ball. 
He hasn't always won. That's a big knock on him, but he can do some special things with the ball. And I just, I don't see Jimmy as being in that caliber. Like I think he's, you know, he's a solid quarterback. Um, if he's got the right pieces around him, he can manage the game and you can win. But um, I don't know that he's the guy that, at least the way I look at him, I don't see him as putting a franchise over the top. And he's certainly not, you know, down at the bottom of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And so for from that standpoint, there's a lot of teams, I think, that would be comfortable having Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback and maybe even see him as an upgrade over what they have. You know, I think of the Chicago Bears, you know, a team that has been searching for their quarterback forever that we see here in the NFC North a couple times a year. Um but that being said, I think Stafford is a better player than Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, as much as Stafford has had some injuries, Jimmy's played, what, one full season, right? So, yeah, um, you know, the injuries are a concern there, too. And that's why I do think from the 49ers standpoint, you know, the a Stafford deal would make sense. How do you respond to someone, because Niner fans have been debating for the last week as to, if you bring in Stafford, he's an injury-prone quarterback just like Garoppolo. How do you respond to a fan base or a group of people who who look at Matthew Stafford as someone who might be damaged goods or someone who is injury-prone just like Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, again, I, I think it's a legit question because it was a back, you know, and, and it's just always tricky when you have the back. And he, he had um, transverse fracture in 2018 that he played through. Uh, 2019, the fracture was in a different area. That's what cost him eight games. But I would say this, you know, Stafford did not miss a game from 2011 until the end of that 2018 or to the end of the 2019 season. You know, he played 136 straight. So he's taken a lot of punishment over the years. Obviously, this year he had an ankle and a thumb and, a, you know, ribs. Like there was a bunch of things that he was dealing with. But the guy's on the field. You know, the guy does not miss time. Um, he's as tough a quarterback as you'll find in the NFL. Uh, so, um, yes, injuries are a concern. And as you get older, they become more of a concern. But um, I, you know, I think Stafford has answered those questions as best as he can by, you know, his his availability on the field. I was also just thinking, too, you know, when you brought up, I mean, obviously you're from the area that, you know, he hasn't won that much. I mean, the guy a lot of the years didn't play with that great of surrounding cast. And the number one thing that comes to mind, too, is a lack of continuity, you know, in the scheme, you know. And, for example, you know, you'd have you'd have stability with the four Niners once again, the run game, IU, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. Um, actually getting Jalen Hurd back next year. I kind of keep forgetting about him. Richie James in a contract. So everything is there in the, in the system. We all know run game, play action off of that, quick passes. Even though Jimmy did average uh, about eight yards, give or take, per attempt. So it's not like a dink and dunk old Patriots type of offense. But I think that would go a long ways, obviously. I mean, it, it would for any quarterback, right? I mean, I think Sam Darnold could possibly possibly work for example when you when you have such a great surrounding casting you have someone like Kyle Shanahan designing plays but I just think you know I'm sure you'd probably agree that he, he you know he's he would simply take us over the top at this very moment as well because because we talked about Jimmy has only had one full season and I don't mean that from an injury standpoint I mean that we haven't even seen the guy play two three years straight to see what he, his true ceiling is because if you ask me right now if Jimmy's peaked I don't know if you agree, disagree. Would you do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is peak right now? Actually, while we're on subject, uh, I mean, you know, honestly, like haven't watched him close enough to to really say that. But I don't know that I've I've watched him close enough or followed his career close enough to know like how the rise has been. But again, he doesn't strike me as this guy with a ton of untapped potential that all of a sudden is going to take a big leap in 2021, 2022, wherever it may be. When you look at Matthew Stafford, and let's just say hypothetically this trade goes through for San Francisco, whatever the compensation is, 
And you take almost the exact same team in 2019 who was nine and a half minutes away from a Super Bowl. What do you think that Niners team looks like in 2021 led by Matthew Stafford? And we've seen Stafford almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Obviously, there was a really tight game a few years ago. I think it was last year, actually, that that, that it was really close. Um, do you Could you see a, a Matthew Stafford-led 49er team go toe-to-toe with the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs? Uh, you know, the Lions really should have won that game. And if Mahomes, he scrambled for, I don't know, I think it was a third and 15 or fourth and 15 or something where he he converted it, you know, they, they would have won the game if not for that. But um, look, uh, you know, it's it's tough to always predict Super Bowl winners and, you know, put that on someone's shoulders. And the way Mahomes is playing, I mean, the guy looks like he could win about five straight, right? Like he's just a special, special player. Um, but if Matthew Stafford was in San Francisco, I would certainly think that the 49ers would be one of the favorites in the NFC. And and you think about, you know, the the rest of what's going on in, in the conference, right? Drew Brees is gone. I mean, who knows what happens with Aaron Rodgers? I guess sounds like he's coming back, but, you know, who, who knows um, there? You know, in the NFC West, uh, you know, I, I certainly like Russell Wilson as a quarterback, but, you know, the Seahawks looked a little flawed at times. Uh, I don't trust Jared Goff. I put Jared Goff in sort of the same caliber as a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, so I, I think there's a lot. I think the NFC uh, is very much wide open, whereas the AFC, we see all these great young quarterbacks, right? It looks like, I mean, from even beyond Mahomes, the Josh Allens and throwing Trevor Lawrence as early as it is. And I mean, there's just Baker Mayfield, you know, I mean, just some of these some of these bright young quarterbacks that you can look at and you say, wow, this team's on the come up and look what this team is doing. Whereas the NFC is, it's the old man's league right now. And so I do think there is the opportunity for a team to come along and, you know, put a nice string of years together and, and be a regular contender for the NFC championship. Let's assume again, that trade does go through with Stafford to San Francisco, him going from a franchise, which to put it bluntly, hasn't seen a lot of success in the last 20 years. They had one playoff run, and it, it didn't go very far when they went 10-6 and six with Jim Schwartz. Him coming to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, who's a, made a Super Bowl run a few years ago and has, you know, granted two Super Bowl losses, but one in Atlanta as well. What would, like, would coming to San Francisco almost, in a certain aspect, revitalize Matthew Stafford or give him something to kind of prove to fans in the NFL who maybe discount his talent, discount how well he actually has played in Detroit for over a decade. Yeah. You know, I think Matthew is, you know, he's a very laid back guy, private guy, but I don't think anyone doubts sort of the the fire that's deep inside him, you know, and, and maybe what it means to him in that regard to be respected among the, you know, elite players in the game, uh, you know, and, and maybe what that means for the future, you know, a hall of fame or something like that. I, I don't know. I've never talked to him about that, but you know, I, I think some of those things are probably I think they do burn inside him. And so I think going to a situation where maybe he can, you know, success feels a little bit closer, you know, from a team standpoint um, and that, you know, in turn would help raise his profile. I, I think that would, you know, help him or maybe help elevate his profile. And um, ultimately, it's about the wins for for him. I, I do know that about Matthew, um, you know, and, and he. Uh, he doesn't particularly care how they come, but I will say this too, right? I mean, you guys saw it, you know, following the 49ers that close that there were times where maybe it seemed like Kyle Shanahan didn't trust Jimmy to, to make some of the plays or the throws, you know, that's never been the case with Stafford. I mean, you look at some of the fourth quarter comebacks he's had or some of the things he can do when he spins the ball. I don't think anyone would have 
uh, any doubts that, you know, the game's on the line. We need somebody to a quarterback to come up with some clutch throws. Uh, you'd be willing to put the ball in Matthew's hand and let him lead a drive with 58 seconds. And, you know, you need a touchdown and sling the ball around a little bit. Do you think he makes that throw to Emmanuel Sanders? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I would think that that's something that Stafford would do. I mean, you know, Stafford is, so, you know, I'll tell you this. I mean, Stafford, you go back, I think it was 2017 when he had all those comebacks and, you know, he was sort of the toast of the, the town and the NFL for a minute there because he was leading so many late late game drives. And, you know, again, Stafford has had his share of, you know, miscues too in, in things that have gone wrong, turnovers. You know, one thing that Kurt Warner, you know, said to me um, back in August, I had asked him about Stafford and can he take that step? Can he lead the Lions to the next step? And he said the one thing that concerns him about Stafford is that, He's always been asked to do too much, you know, like he's never had the running game. He's never had the defense. So at some point in the game or at some point in the season, it always comes down to him feeling the pressure to need to make those plays. And maybe that's where some of the mistakes that he's had come in. And that just really, you know, rang true with me because again, it's not all about who he's been surrounded with. I think Matthew does deserve some blame, but he's never had a running game and he's had one year of a good defense in 2014. And so I do think, you know, after 12 years and where you are, at your, you know, at the stage of the career that he's at, you do start pressing a little bit and feeling like I got to make this happen because no one else is going to make it happen. And so to be surrounded by a running game, to be surrounded by a good defense, maybe that puts Matthew more at ease. I don't, I don't know that there's another step that he takes to his game, but maybe it just puts him more at ease and, and allows him to play that that way. Hey, Matt Ryan sure as hell did. I mean, that's, that's what comes to mind once again. You know, he he went to an MVP caliber. I know it was the second year, but uh, they had Julio Jones and stuff. But once again, our surrounding cast isn't bad. But I, I they're almost at similar ages, too, kind of at this point in their careers. Matt Ryan was like, what, 32 probably at the time, 32, 33. I know Stafford's taking there. But I do think there's a, a little notch higher. And I think Shanahan will be able to open up his playbook a little further with that. Well, I was going to say Stafford and Ryan are like best of friends in the NFL, too. So, you know, I don't know exactly how Matt Ryan feels about Kyle Shanahan. Just based on their history together, I, I would assume that he loved playing for him and probably mentioned something to Stafford somewhere along the line. And so from that standpoint, I think, you know, San Francisco would be appealing to Stafford for that reason. I'm sure Falcons wish you could have kept Shanahan instead of Dan Quinn. You know how that game went. Yeah, no, that's I mean, you know, you think back to that game. That's another one that. Man, scratch your head on, on how they ended up losing that game, I guess, right? But It kind of sounds like, maybe to a certain extent, and I don't want to pressure you to you know, give me an answer, but it kind of sounds like what you're saying is San Francisco might be the perfect place for Matthew Stafford. Um, I think San Francisco would be a really good fit for him. You know, I've, I think when I, I, you know, I sort of went through and ranked the, I don't know, trade scenarios, I guess. You know, I put, I put Indy number one and I put San Francisco number two. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for playing with, you know, that that situation with the Colts too. just, um, you know, uh, Frank Reich's another good, you know, guy, I think that, you know, quarterback friendly coach, I guess that's another division where, again, you don't have to go through the Patrick Mahomes gauntlet um, from again, from the Lions standpoint, you probably would prefer him to be in the AFC, but San Francisco standpoint, you probably prefer that higher first round pick if, you know, depending on what teams are willing to give up. Um, so, I, you know, if I was picking, I would put those as the top two. I'd put Washington number three, uh, maybe a little bit based on the Mayhew, you know, connection there. But, you know, I think that's another one with a really good defense and 
uh, they just, you know, they seem like they're a quarterback away in a winnable division in NFC. So those, to me, those are the top three. And, you know, again, maybe there's a dark horse out there, maybe a Dallas or a Vegas or who knows, right? Maybe there's some, some team out there that we're not talking about Miami, right? If they're not in the, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, but to me, those would be the top three that I would start looking at. Do you think the Deshaun Watson trade talks have any impact on Stafford or might that be a vice versa? I know we've heard that the Niners offered Houston three first round draft picks for Houston. That's obviously still debatable as to who you ask, but then uh, the response was, okay, fine. You want to decline our offer. We're going to go look at Stafford. Um, do you think that Watson's trade value or, or the trade talks have any impact on Stafford at all? I think it's probably two different, you know, groups of teams or types of teams that are talking about each of them, you know, like Watson is more that um, as much money as he's due, you know, he's 25 and he's still that long-term building block, you know, and, and yes, he could get you, he could be the quarterback. They get you over the hump. And if you're a team like the dolphins who have a ton of draft capital, you know, maybe you have some that you can give up and it wouldn't hurt you quite as much. But I think Stafford to me, he's going to cost a little bit less both financially and in terms of compensation and, you know, for a team that sees its window as being right now, right? Not just 2021, but this, you know, two or three year, four year stretch, whatever it is, you know, I think Stafford is the ideal fit for that because he's not going to cost you as much. So you do keep some of those other draft picks that you need to continue filling out your roster. So, um, you know, a little bit just because Watson is the, he would be the number one quarterback available if Houston's willing to trade him. Um, but I think it's probably two different groups of teams that may be in, um, on them at the end of the day. David, we'll end with this here. Usually to end our shows, when it was during the regular season, we'd end with the prediction. And I know I've asked you a couple of times as to how you rank your teams and everything, but I want to get your gut feeling. You're a journalist. You've obviously, you know, you've won, you know, sports journalist of the year three times in Michigan. You're obviously you're, have plenty of accolades to go around and you're well-respected in Detroit and with the Lions. Your gut feeling, Matthew Stafford, where does he end up in 2021? Is he coming to San Francisco? We have to know. Uh, I mean, I truly don't know. Like if I, if I was throwing darts, um, honestly, I put Indy one just because, you know, they gave up that first round pick for Buckner last year. So there's a history of giving up a, a one and, Again, if you're doing it for a defensive lineman, maybe you're doing it for, you know, for a, a quarterback and maybe you're willing to give up more. So if I had to pick a, a spot, you know, Indy, I guess, would be the one that I would pick just because I put them, you know, number one on, on my list before. But look, it, it wouldn't shock me if he went to any of those three teams that I mentioned, Indy, San Francisco, Washington. Really wouldn't shock me if he went to a couple more because I'm sure there's some dark horses out there that, that we're not thinking of. Um, but when I rank you know, my, my likely trade scenarios, I put Indy one, San Francisco two, I think I put Washington three. So uh, nothing that I've heard has, has made me uh, shy away from those situations. But again, if he was wearing a, a 49ers jersey next fall, um, you know, I would, uh, it wouldn't stun me in the least. Let me sneak one more in here. Is there a reason why you would rank Indianapolis over San Francisco? No, I think it's probably just that willingness that I've seen them make that trade before, you know, they gave up a mid first round pick. And again, you know, the 49ers have obviously a more appealing draft pick. Um, so if we're just talking about first round picks that maybe, you know, they would, you know, they would probably win out for that reason. But again, I think uh, if it comes to that, you know, maybe you can squeeze a little bit more out of Indy. I've seen Indy be willing to be aggressive before they have the cap space to take them on. Um, 
you know, Indy's like Detroit in some ways. So I think Stafford would feel comfortable there. Not that he wouldn't in the Bay area, but, but, you know, it's, it's sort of that Midwestern town and, um, you know, indoors. And I, I think there's, and it's AFC. So from the Lions standpoint, maybe they'd prefer that. So um, I think that's probably just, you know, all those little things that, you know, maybe there were six boxes checked for Indy and five for the 49ers at the end of the day. And I just, that's why I put them one. But again, really, I think there's, to me, there's, there's a top three. And then I think those other teams, the other teams are maybe outside of that top three. And so again, I, you know, when you're talking top 12 with all the quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the top 10, you're probably getting a top, you know, eight or nine player, you know, outside of the, the quarterback position. So, um, you know, I, I, there's no doubt that that pick at number 12 is the most appealing. And uh, so it would it would definitely, if they're both just offering a first round pick, it would definitely take more from the Colts standpoint. But 21 is, to me, that's still a, you know, a, a good pick to have. And yeah. the fact that Indy gave up a, a one for Buckner leads me to believe that they might give up a little bit more for Stafford. Well, David, you've been fantastic for us. I know it's late uh, there in Michigan. I know you've you've probably worked all day, but we're so thankful for the time you took for us to talk these Matthew Stafford rumors. Uh, we're going to title this podcast Staffordable, so hopefully it works out for San Francisco. We really appreciate your time, and we want to tell everybody out there, we, you can follow David on Twitter at David Burkett. That's Burkett as B-I-R-K-E-T-T. He does amazing work, award-winning work for the Detroit Free Press, uh, David, thank you for joining us today, and we really hope we hear from you soon. Yeah, you got it, guys. Sorry we uh, took us long to connect. I was, like I said, it worked, but running around with the kids, basketball, and then had some computer issues trying to figure it all out. But glad we finally did it. So, Thanks so much for your time. Yep, you got it, guys. Well, that was a lot of news David gave us. David was phenomenal learning all about Matthew Stafford, but... As the news continues to pick up, you're going to want to be following 49er Access on social media. Instagram is at 49ers.access. Twitter is at 49ers underscore access. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review. And for Adam and myself, this has been the 49er Access podcast. And until next time, stay faithful.